This episode of Achieving Rally, the podcast, has been brought to you by HorrorPack.com. Do you like movies? Do you like mystery boxes? Now for the biggest question. Do you like horror movies? Yes. Yes, I believe you do. HorrorPack.com has your fix for both. Sign up. And every month, you'll get four movies on either DVD or Blu-ray. Unless you sign up for both. Well, now, how much is this fantasy of horror? The DVDs are $19.99 a month. The Blu-rays are $24.99 a month. Pretty much a deal right there. Oh, and tell them Larry Greenstein sent you from Achieving Reality, the podcast. Horrorpack.com. It's what everyone is dying for. <laughs> hey, hey guys. Hey, can you come into the booth, please? Yes, Larry. Yeah, yeah, man. What's up, man? What you want? Oh, hey guys, uh, we don't need you this week, so, uh, go have some fun. You've got the week off. Well, that's it? Yep. Well, okay. I need to go do the beer garden anyways. Oh, all right, cool. All right, everybody. See you later. Hey, everybody. It's time for another TV Reality the Podcast. This week is very special to Chris and I. We have a local radio DJ legend in studio with us this week, Christopher Rude. He got his start on 96 Rock and ended up on 680 The Fan, a local sports station here. Uh, this man is the reason why I wanted to get into radio and spent a couple of years in college on the radio. And he also taught me that morning radio on the FM dial doesn't have to have all the goofy bells and whistles. You can just be funny. So, uh, we'd love you all to sit down and relax while we pick Christopher Rude's brain and uh, see what we can get out of it. We'll see you at the end, everybody. Bye-bye now. And you've been doing this for five years. Yeah. yeah. Once a week. Yeah. Well, no, we, well, we, we re- we'll record, like I said when I said two hours. Yeah. We'll actually get two whole shows out of that. Oh, I got you. And so, so you try to knock it all out. Exactly. We try and get two, three shows, and then uh, we do a bunch of like funny little goofy filler you know, otherwise the shows would be really cut and dry. No, we don't do the crazy morning show stuff. Well, I know. No, technically, I mean, you got to do, do some wacky morning show bits. We do wacky morning show bits, but none of the weird sound effects and all Whistles that Whistles and stuff. None, yeah, of the, yeah. none of the yeah. cliche stuff. Okay. But well, nobody's doing that now, so that could be like, you know, everything old is new again. I yeah. Know, I don't think I haven't thought about that. <laughs> One of the reasons I don't like them is because after listening to 96 Rock and the Rude Awakening and uh, was it Rude Love and Radical in the Morning and all that... I was like, oh, wow, I really hate morning shows, not because of you guys, but all the ones before or after you were the honkies. And the, yeah, the, yeah. The, I'm like, oh, and you guys came on, did your thing, were funny, and then went to the next guy. Right, right. And I was like, that's a morning show. And uh, then I heard, you know, oh, God. We're going to take a shot. I, I can't even remember who the guy's name is, though. No. But and it's been a long time. And I was just like. Uh, I'll say Howard Stern. 
There's days I like him and months I don't. He's wanting to take a shot at Steve and Vicky. He's said, oh, 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 no, I never listened to that morning show. Though I could take a shot at Steve with no problem. I, I met him a couple of times. Really? But, uh, yeah. He's a nice, nice he's a nice guy, but it was it was just an air that he gave me. Well, he used to be the shit in Atlanta. Yeah. He used to own yeah, this Yeah, he had a good run. That's for sure. Back when he was on Z93. Yeah. Steven Vicky? Yeah, yeah, he had a good run. Yeah. He was the one. Oh, yeah, back in the Z93 days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, Z93. I didn't meet him then, but. Wait. Yes, I did. I don't know. I've been listening to radio here for so long. It's hard to put two. What do you listen to now? What what what's your radio <laughs> preference now? My iPod. He listens to his iPod. I listen to Sirius XM a lot, and I'm a metalhead, so I listen to a lot of liquid metal and, and all that. Yeah, I used, used to listen to every once in a while. I'd turn on ninety seven one, but they were only playing stuff that was on my iPod, so it seems pointless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're kind of a jukebox uh, in a way. Well, that's how I've noticed because I was I was a DJ in college for a little bit. And I've noticed, as a friend of mine, he came out and he continued on the track. Uh, he did country stations out mm-hmm. in Mississippi. He was like, yeah, so I'm getting fired because they're putting in a computer. And I'm like, that sucks. Can't they at least keep you there to push a button? I was like, oh, no, they got some kid who they don't have to really pay a lot to. to Minimal wage. To, yeah. And there's a lot of stations that there's nobody in the booth. Yeah. Well, 90, 99X. One of the reasons why they went off the air again is because there was nobody there to do anything. It's all pre-taped. Well, you know, one thing they sure. did, like if you had a Phoenix guy, or you had a guy that was working, you know, say afternoons here in Atlanta, and he was making, I don't know, say arbitrarily fifty thousand dollars a year. Well, if I could get that same guy to voice track that show in ten other markets, and I'll tell you what, I'll do you a favor. You're making fifty. I'll pay you sixty if you voice track those other ten stations. And then yeah. what you do is you fire those ten other people. And the company has saved all that money. So yeah, that's kind of yeah. what they did. And then radio so slowly went down, 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 down to where it is today. Do you think radio, radio will die? No. No? No. Okay, well, radio ahead. used to be a local thing. You had your local station, and then you had your local personalities on your local station, and you might run into See, them you, somewhere. You, you've nailed it. That's exactly what, what the beauty of, of local radio was, was the fact that it you could relate to it, and you could relate to those people, and that you would see them around town, and you could actually get to know them. It's yeah. not like that anymore. No, no, it's nothing like that. No. Yeah, it's a shame. They, and they don't talk about, I mean, they say, President Trump did this. They don't say like, you know, hey, I saw Monica Kaufman down at Perimeter Mall. And Monica Kaufman Pearson. <laughs> right. Right. She makes it a point to say that, too. <laughs> but when this would have happened, she would have been Monica Kaufman. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Right, right, right. And people would have known who John Pruitt was. Yeah. So you don't have that anymore because there's, there's no connection. No. And especially in a city like Atlanta, there's not a lot of locals anymore. No. You have a lot of transplants. Yeah. I mean, Larry and I have seen a couple of radio personalities at like just local places. Yeah, you go to the Glads game, Lewis is there. And you see, yeah, yeah, Lewis from. And Southside Steve still does a pretty good job getting out there. Oh, yeah. Well, he. Shaking hands. Yeah. Well, now, who's. who's, Oh, God. What's the guy? He does all the. Steve. Steve's College of Musical Knowledge. Steve Craig. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. He does all the United and he does the Glads. That's right. He's the voice guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of like you were saying, I think once you got a chance to meet them, I mean, we saw a couple of the weather guys, like at a local, remember at a quick trip or something like that. And I was like, hey, there's so-and-so. And, you know, he's just like talking, just whatever he was doing. Oh, he yeah, was painting. Telling people about the weather. Talking about the weather, you know, but I was like, <laughs> hey, traffic. Like, it's kind of cool. Yeah, you, know? traffic. So, you have to do them together. Right? Yeah, yeah. But so, only every, only every the fives. Hour. Yeah, sixes. But, but you know what? It seems like. That's what station you're listening to. You know, like they will listen to a series or go back to their iPod or whatever thing. 
I guess I'm probably one of the few people that still listen to radio. Like I'll listen to B98.5, but I also listen to a lot of talk radio too. Mm-hmm. It seems as though I'm getting older, I'm listening to 95.5 WSB. You know what? You're not alone. There's a lot, of, a, a lot of the old stuff. rock people went you know? to talk radio for yeah. some reason. But now if you don't lean right in Atlanta, you're not going to really find much talk radio because it's all like a, a Trump 106.7. Yeah. You know, that's that leans right. Oh, that's, that's extremely right. Or, or what's the WSB? Uh, 95.5. They lean yeah. right. I've always been yeah. fascinated by that because, you know, when they had Air America, they had oh, it here as well. And my dad loved that thought, station. Did he? I would have thought, because a lot of people in the, we'll say most, in the, people in the entertainment industry, lean left. And you would think they would have this enormous pool of talent to pull from, and they'd be good at it. But they weren't. Yeah. I think there's a lack of passion for that sort of thing on the left as opposed to the people on the right. The people on the right get really fired up and push that passion through the speakers to you, and you get fired up about it. You know, half the time, you know, someone like, like Limbaugh or something isn't necessarily making a lot of sense, but it seems like he should be. He's as passionate as he is about it. Well, it's interesting now. But Al Franken never had it. Yeah, you've got these midterm elections that are coming up in November. Uh, well, and, and, you know, what I like to do, I, I find myself sort of a casual observer. I'm sort of looking at the right and I'm looking at the left and I'm trying to figure out, okay, what are the messages? Yeah. And the right really kind of has their collective shit together in terms of this is our message. Yeah. This is who we're going after. These are the people that we want to make sure are voting in November. You go to look at the left and see what the Democrats are doing, and they're just kind of all over the place. There's no real message there. Well, their whole thing is we hate the guy who's in office. Well, that... Yeah, but that goes back, you know, you've been around a while. You know, whoever's in the office, if it's, if it's Obama, then you hate Obama. Yeah. You know, the, the right can't stand yeah. him. It just kind of goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But my point is, I, I think the, the right does a better job of making that sort of concerted effort to say, here's our message. Here's who we're going after. Yeah. The Democrats need to be doing the same thing. Well, I think you it's, need to counter that It's message. that pendulum swing is what yeah. it is. We've gone as far left as we can possibly go without becoming socialist or communist in this country. And people went, what the hell? And so it's starting to swing back yeah. to the neutral and then to the right. Are you guys liberal, liberal, conservative? Uh, uh, I'm, I'm an extreme independent. <laughs> I'm usually more, toward, more towards the right until I start listening to the people on the right. <laughs> So I kind of like to think of myself as Somewhere more libertarian. Kind of in the middle I'm, there. Like, I'm, I'm more like Shannon Burke. Okay. You know, yeah. but I lean more, I lean a lot right, but I, I'm a good amount of center. Yeah. As long as they're not encroaching on individual liberties, I'm okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah, libertarian's probably more. The minute you start telling me you need to live your life this way, I tune you out. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, no. <laughs> Trump supporters or not? Or? I voted for him um, only because the libertarian guy was a massive weed addict, and you could tell because yeah. he couldn't answer questions <laughs> without going, yeah. And, Dude. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh no. I, as a, if a president, I don't know. That might be okay. Well, no, he didn't know what was even going on in the world at that right. time. And that's one of the things and that kind of got me. <laughs> you got to know what's at least happening. If you want my vote, at least be in touch. Yeah. He was, I mean, they asked the question. He's like, who? And I'm like, wow. <laughs> and I went, X? You don't know Cheech and Chong? What's the matter with you? But he's going to be the most popular guy at the UN. That's true. I got bags of weed out back, man. Let's go. We can send it from country to country with huge bags of weed. And you can just tour the whole world. Just We're not bringing you money anymore. We got weed. Spreading love and happiness. There you go. But, uh, yeah, I like what he's doing, Trump. Mm-hmm. I like the whole make America great again idea 
he needs to lay off the Twitter. <laughs> Someone needs to take that man's phone away. He needs to lay off that Twitter. I mean, I don't mind him doing it, but you know, like forty times a day. And I was just like, just was, telling Larry on the previous show, the best thing Twitter could do would be to just cancel his account. You know what? I, I I see what you're saying. So many people. There's so many people in this country that would be so overjoyed at some company taking a stand against the president that they would flock to Twitter. I like the fact that he's that transparent. I do I like that he posts. I mean, you know exactly what he's thinking and, yeah. and what he likes and what he doesn't like. And otherwise, you know, presidents kind of sit there in, in that Oval Office or do what they do every day, the day-to-day life of a president. You don't really know what they're thinking. It's right. all very guarded. Yeah. He's out there. I, I Like I said, for, for I, for I, worse. I don't mind I, him posting. It's just cut back. Or read it once before you post it, just to make sure everything. Or twice, <laughs> what you want to say. Oh, no. I've actually caught material. I've actually caught a lot of his stuff. Sometimes. No, I don't want him to. Be I guarded. start laughing. I mean, I, I, I like, appreciate that. Supposed to be See, I repost. I repost a lot of things that he tweets because I think it's important for people to know what he's saying. If you right. don't take the time to to go search for the tweet. At least know what your president is thinking, what he's yeah. up to. Yeah. So I like the fact that he's out there. I mean, that's a good point, but I wish there was a filter between him now, see, and the rest of the world. Maybe I post too much. No, I, I love your Because I got to post on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And I feel... Well, you know, you can do that all in one shot. But it's all the same thing I, on every feed. That's then. exactly right. And yeah. so what I feel is, that for me, Twitter becomes a little bit more political and then retweeting some of the things that I think are just interesting and that, and that people should be consuming and have knowledge of. Uh, Instagram is just pictures, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I grew up as a you know as a young man. I was into pictures. Well, now I still am. And then Facebook is a little bit of comedy, and I like the interaction with the Facebook uh, friends, right? Yeah, because like they get fired up over stuff, especially political stuff. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then I, you have regular features on on Facebook. Facebook to me is the website that I don't have. So that's what I use Facebook for. Girls Gone Fishing. Girls Gone Fishing, popular feature. Rude Shoe of the Day. Rude Shoe of the Day has moved to Instagram, by the way, for those of you listening at home. Uh, I've moved that over there. But I ran Rude Shoe of the Day for a couple of years. Yeah. Every day. A different shoe. No idea there were that many great women's shoes. Did you? You need to get them hooked up with Bill. Marissa did. (laughs) Oh, well, she would know. I'm a lady. What can I say? (laughs) And it was funny because the root shoe of the day at first people said, oh, you got a foot fetish. No, no, no. I just like an attractive foot in a nice shoe. Right? Right. And then you would get women that were trying to go, that really is a nice pair of shoes. Where did you find those? (laughs) I I didn't really find those. Somebody said that to me. I have no idea. <laughs> Try Somebody DSW. Just, just, yeah. just, just, yeah. Here, just send it to him. He'll post it. <laughs> Try Google Image Match. <laughs> the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we've been talking for a minute. We probably need to introduce uh, And I haven't you know? said who we have yeah. here. Well, you do that in the voiceover at the beginning. That, that's true. But, well, we can. But we the can same way you double announce <laughs> Mysteries of the Unexplained. I love this double announcing everything. <laughs> yeah, I figure we just try to get as much conversation. You hear my voice in as much. Well, I can do this. Um, I do have a few questions to ask. Okay, sure. And uh, uh, one of the ones that's really interested me, since you basically you got me interested in radio from all those years of listening, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I was going to say watching that. But hey, what and where did you get your start? I should let's just say how and where how? did you get your start? I probably knew in God maybe eighth or ninth grade that radio was something <laughs> I wanted to do. I can give you the short version, or I can give you the two-hour version. Well, you don't have that time, I so don't. let's go with the short uh, version. The short version is: uh, let me see if I can sort of uh, capsulize. Um, parents divorced uh, when I was in about kindergarten. My mom and my sister and I left New York and moved to California. 
my mom remarried when I was in fourth or fifth grade, and my stepfather was an aerospace engineer. Oh, very cool. So then we started jetting all around the country. We were never in one place for very long. So I was I went to 12 different schools. I was always the new kid, which made it tough to have lifelong friends, which I don't have. So, you know, you got to find something to do with your time. So radio kind of became a friend. I, I started listening to radio stations in all the various places that I lived. Uh, my stepfather also happened to be an alcoholic, which meant that life at home was uh, shitty, it was miserable. My mom, British, great sense of humor, and that's how we kind of coped with the, the rough parts of life. So as I got older, uh, the idea of comedy and, and music and radio, that combination just seemed to work for me. So then I had to figure out how to go about doing that. I didn't have any radio friends. I wasn't tight with any of the local radio stations. So. I went to my uh, trusty neighborhood guidance counselor, <laughs> and uh, she said, well, let's see. I was living in uh, Burlington, North Carolina at the time, and she said um, there was a broadcasting pro uh, speech program at Appalachian State, and I had friends that were going there. And then apparently UNC uh, has some radio television sort of a program. So, okay, there's the college opportunity. Um, I left home my sophomore year in high school and tried, you know, living on my own in a trailer in Burlington, North Carolina. I'd get out of school at like 1, 1.30. I'd work from 2 until 10 o'clock at night. And I tried that for a couple of years. It got old. And as I was, you know, sort of ending my senior year, I moved back in with my parents for a couple of months. And I, it was really strange. I get a, a, a big envelope in the mail from my guidance counselor. I'm in Clearwater, Florida, from the guidance counselor in Burlington. And, and uh, it was a, a, a pamphlet for a broadcasting school in Charlotte. 500 bucks, eight months. So I thought, I'll do it. So I loaded up a U-Haul and I, I drove from Clearwater to Charlotte. And uh, six months into the program, I had a job and I've worked ever since. Oh, wow. Yeah. Did you finish the program? I, well, I, I, at six months, I had a job and I went ahead and knocked out the next, next two months just to get that sheepskin. Yeah. Like I was going to need it at that point. Yeah. And then uh, 42 years later, here we are. There you go. That's that's quick and concise. Yeah, that was as, as concise as I could make it. Very good. Yeah. That's, that's Were you a Dr. Demento kid? I was. Yep. A what? Dr. Demento. Oh, I mean, I, you know, I enjoyed uh, I mean, Steve was... Dahl, you know, that, that great combination of comedy bits and voices and just a funny guy and, you know, interesting take on life and the loop up in Chicago, they played music. So my mom was living up there at the time and she would send me tapes and I would have a chance to kind of hear you know, how the big guys around doing. that much. You'd be attracted to the syndicated shows because you could hear them from place to place. Yeah. But I, like we were talking about earlier, I liked the local aspect. Quick side note, uh, CBS 46 here in town TV. Right. I enjoy watching their news because it's got that small town and that's not a knock. Some of the, the uh, weather people that they have on, some of the newscasters are, you know, they're not this big city. You know, like when you go to like a little city like, a, you know, a, a Charleston or a Savannah or no, Greenville or any of those little towns. I love their their late night newscast. You know, the people that come on at 11 o'clock and they're not yeah, really yeah. that good at what they do. But well, you got to start somewhere. But they're yeah. charming. There's something yeah. charming about it. They're not a talking head. Yeah. We used to be like that when we lived up here. here we'd like go down for summers in Panama City like you do when you live here. Yeah. And then you get you the stations out of Dothan and Panama City. See, I City. love that. And it's, it, it's, it seems so different, like a different world. Like, what's going on with these people? Yeah. It is. I, I do that still when we travel. I was a traveling salesman for 13 years. The whole Southeast and a large chunk of the rest of the country was my territory. 
And I'm one of those guys, when I get into a city, I hit the radio button that pre-programs it. Mm -hmm. And you can hear All what's going on. And I love listening to, you know, local commercials. Yeah, I do too. Which is funny because I hate listening to commercials. Otherwise. But I go yeah. to somewhere else. I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. That, yeah. oh, that's really cool. You know, you go into some of these other towns and it's just like country, country, country. Oh, look, 14 religious stations in a row. Right, right. Uh, one rap station and the devil's music is on the end of the dial, <laughs> which is where I am. Yeah. All the radio stations are on the internet. You can listen to them wherever. Yeah, mm -hmm. iHeartRadio mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You can right. tune into radio stations. I've listened to radio stations in Greece. Oh, yeah. They're, most stations are you know have apps, and you can yeah. listen to any station well, you want. I had an app that would basically would go into all these different uh, servers, and you could just list the feeds on your one app, and you now I'm listening to this now. I'm, oh, I'm, I'll listen to something in Australia. Yeah, when whatever. I was a kid... My mom bought a uh, an old Grundig German. Oh wow, radio, yeah, and it had the short wave, the short wave frequency. Man. So I'd be in my room, you know, I'd have it turned down low because they're trying to sleep, and I'd be just you know going up and down the dial, you know, just trying to find a station from somewhere around the world, which is one of those really fun things. I to had do. I had one of those. It wasn't a Grundig, but it was yeah. a Radio Shack. Well, ours was a Telefunken, <laughs> but uh, I did the same thing. Yeah. And I would go to sleep listening to, you know, like if I could find the Russian station, yeah. I wouldn't know what they were saying, but they'd talk me to sleep. But you know what? The great, the great. So there he has all these Russian military secrets embedded in his head from when he do osmosis. You know, to say certain words. That's right. Out. Some of the great finds, like I, I remember in Burlington, it was like a Friday night and I'm, you know, I'm flipping down the down and it was uh, WQMG out of Greensboro. And there was a guy on from like one to three in the morning, Ron Gitter. And he had that typical deep, you know, Ron Gitter's progressive experience. The show was called The Progressive Experience. And he was just playing. This would have been probably 1970, 71, somewhere in there. And then there was another show on WCFL out of Chicago uh, called The Subterranean Circus. Ooh. And every time he would turn the mic on, you'd hear sitar music kind of playing in the background. And it was just, you know, for a kid, it was just the coolest thing. And that's the kind of stuff that inspired me. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. That was Vita's Flytrap show. That was Vita's Flytrap yeah. show. Yeah. Orlando Calrissian oh, broadcasting. Hey, we're getting a call. Why don't we go ahead and take a couple of calls here uh, this yeah. morning? Yeah. I don't know that number, so okay. <laughs> there we go. Salesman. Yeah, <laughs> might be. Your, your phone's sitting dangerously. Probably wants to buy some advertising. <laughs> <laughs> No, we wouldn't turn down advertising if somebody said, hey, we want to pay you 100 bucks to put this ad on your show. Oh, no. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, do it on, Absolutely. Even if it was, you know, John's flavored dildo. Oh, you know what I would do? <laughs> Especially <laughs> if it was them. If somebody was willing to spend that kind of money on your show, I'd put them right at the top of the show. Oh, yeah. Star billing. Yeah. Oh, we'll start every yeah. show with your message. Oh, yeah, That's exactly like, what we do. They'd be like Chesterfields. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if I can sing that song. John's Dildos Presents. <laughs> we take Scruffy's name right off this podcast and put it right on top of it. That's, that's right. Uh, As it stands now, a lot of podcasts are basically commercials with a little bit of filler show in between them. And I like the old, you know, when podcasting first started, it was just people in their garage. with The a, old days of the podcast. Yeah. You know, was, back in 2010. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up in New York, um, I can never remember Frank and Edward Nora or something. He's running one called the Overnight Scape. He would go down into his basement almost every night yeah. and record for like three hours. Come on, we know it's his it mom's basement. His own little place. I don't know if it was a basement or not, but yeah. it seemed like he was in his basement. 
And he would record hours and hours. And every week he'd have like five, six hours. He had shows that go three hours long. And, and could you listen for long periods of time to that? Yeah. I mean, he was a, He's a night owl. Well, no, I, I was telling you guys uh, earlier, my sons have been trying to get me to do a podcast. And as we were talking about earlier, it's just it, because it's not live. You know, when a radio is live, you turn on the mic and, you know, you know people are listening right away. But us talking right now, we know or I know that people aren't going to be listening until you post yeah. this right. podcast. Right. Now, like I told you, though, you can do live feeds. Yeah, you yeah. can. I mean, especially since you said uh, Lennon has a, a Twitch yes. and all that stuff, you can do live podcasting. And it wouldn't be nothing new for you anyway. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's just same old, same old. It's going to be different. I like the idea of producing stuff and yeah. you know, adding stuff later and wacky stuff. So for us, it'd be like, oh, what are we talking about now? Oh, there's still people listening. Oh, they're dropping off. They're dropping off. We better think of something quick. Uh, get the book. Get the book. <laughs> you guys have inspired me. When I do my podcast, if and when, wacky sound effects. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I think there's room for it. It'll be, it'll be. Especially uh, there's completely room for it. Nobody's doing it. This, <laughs> especially if you do it. This in is just to annoy Larry. Well, but think about it. You've got a whole new audience that never heard that. They have no point of reference. That's to that. true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a slide whistle on us. Little yeah, weird sure. siren with a. I think that was a rim shot, Barney. Did you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going. That's it. Buying drums. The whole thing. Cloud horn. My niece posted a, a meme on Facebook today. It was a mid-80s component rack yeah. system. So remember when this was the stereo everybody wanted? I was like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> They've got I ones now that look like the old school ones, but they're like a third the size. I'll tell you what. You can, and you can plug your iPod in. You can go on oh, to yeah. Facebook. If you post a picture of an old school uh, system that you maybe had, you'll get a ton of responses oh, to that. Yeah. People want to know the name of what kind of brand of turntable that was. What what kind of receiver is that? People well, are very interested in that. Rance receiver is a Fisher turntable. Yeah, <laughs> Fisher Price turntable. No, that's <laughs> a Fisher. It was no toy. It was no toy. I always wanted to find one of the old, the real large plattered ones that they used at the radio stations. Mm-hmm. I still have the original speakers that I bought when I could afford a nice set of speakers, and I bought them in 1977. I was working at a station in Charlotte, WBCY, Charlotte's Best Rock, formerly WBTFM, and they had a credit union. So, wow. It's great. I can actually afford something. Did you now. just pay them off? Well, because back in the day, yeah, really, it's like a student loan. Yeah. Back in the days, DJs pretty much had a, a nice TV, you know, probably a, you know, 20, what is it, 22, 21 inch, what was the early day? RCA yeah. color, 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 and a waterbed. And that's pretty much all you had. <laughs> you had to have a couple of milk crates because you had to have something to sit on. Well, well, the milk crates, well, or, or the, the spools. Oh, the old, oh, yeah, yeah, the big spool. The, 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 the spools. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the milk crates were for albums. That, true. Well, you could sit on the man ham albums and you just not at the same time. Well, I have the cinder blocks ah, with the right. pieces of wood. Okay, nice yeah, yeah. Record went into the uh, the peach crates, but uh, uh, JBL forty three elevens were the first speakers that I ever bought. They haven't dry rotted. I still use them to this day. Which and I bought them at about yeah. seventy JBL JBL forty three elevens. Wow, it's impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I still got. It's my brother's at the time, but he bought a Fisher Studio Series turntable. Back in 77. Mm-hmm. And I still got that. And no dry rod, which is amazing. Most of his speakers amazing. will dry yeah, rod. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, his speakers from that system dry rotted. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Uh, my brother Tim still has two of the cabinets, though, because he bought four. Yeah. Ah. And four of the biggest speakers you've ever seen. No, you know what? I've just continued to use them. Oh. Yeah. You know, okay. they're just, I actively use them all the time. Um, 
he likes your, he likes humidity. Than music. Yeah, I, I like the music, so I'm always cranking the tunes. Wow, that's, that, that's pretty wild. Actually. I, I notice you've got your book open. I do. Uh, so you've got another question. I do have another question. <laughs> uh, we were we've been talking music, mm -hmm. and I was trying to figure out what brought along the idea of pale white sausage, other than the innuendo that goes along with it. Uh, you know, actually, that was inspired by Jeff Hollinger. Really? Yeah, Jeff Hollinger had, had <laughs> well, been to... Um, that actually makes it very funny. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can remember the story now. He had been to an Olympics, and he, br he brought stuff back for, for all of us. And, and one of the things that he w talked about at that time was the fact that when he went... He ate a lot of pale white sausage because that was apparently popular in that country. I'm going to have to go back and try to remember now which one it was. And so I, you know, I kept hearing, you know, the pale white sausage, and we had a good laugh over it. Bang! Became the band name. So I give Hollinger credit for that. There the you name. go. That's actually really funny. I, yeah. I never realized that's, that's where it came, came from. That's a that's a joke for Klaus, I think. Yeah. I don't know if he was turned off by the the pale white sausage that they served in the restaurants there yeah. or not, but I think so. You know, because it sort of looked a little bit undercooked. Yeah. And then, of yeah. course, there's the, you know, the yeah. double. The double. double yeah, yeah, yeah. But did he try it? Oh, Jeff? Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, yes. Yeah. There you go. There's nothing like a good pale white sausage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with eggs, bacon. <laughs> and bacon? Well, everything goes better with bacon. Right? That's true. but Especially uh, these days. But yeah. You bacon-wrapped bacon. Oh, I like to double up sausage <laughs> and bacon. Yeah. Uh, we had sausage this morning. Mm -hmm. I've often wondered if the bacon craze that you know, has come along and everybody's just gaga over bacon. I wonder if it doesn't have a lot to do with the health craze. It was the uh, it was the paleo and the yeah the gluten free thing that started everybody going. Oh, must have meat, must have meat. I kind of wonder if everybody's you know, latched onto bacon. Is that's my you can take away all my other good stuff, but that's my thing. Giving up my bacon, right? It's like my gun. Yeah, mm -hmm. you can pry it from my cold, greasy <laughs> hand. <laughs> <laughs> that won't be too hard unless it's extra crispy. Then right, just shatter. Right. No, I do stick with the low sodium. Just because it's got to be health conscious. That, that is true. That is true. Well, we, we only use the low sodium spam. So No, I have the bacon spam, funny yeah, enough. This, have you tried the flavored spams? Yes, we've yeah, done it on the show. Have you really? Yeah. yeah we've, as many as we can get. Right. They're very hard to find certain ones because some of them are only available in Canada. Oh, they're so regional ones. spams. Yeah, weirdly enough. And what, so are the, what are the better ones? Uh, bacon spam. Yeah, bacon spam is really tasty. We kind of spam has, has, we did a, um, I like. I love spam. We do a, a product review segment on the show. Mm -hmm. I'm going into Europe. See, that's why you could do the bells and whistles segment, <laughs> the wacky radio segment. It's just a portion of the show. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It doesn't inundate the entire show. You know, and you give people sort of a flashback to the way things well, we, were. Well, we did. We did. Well, that was original spam, See, right? We did, we did original spam. We did, we did bacon found a spam. recipe for spam fries. Spam, yeah. It was on the thing. Was it? I thought it was something was pulled up. That might have been. I thought it was on the do thing. Do you do sandwiches or how do you how do you? Oh no, we uh, cut them into fry shapes. Yeah, and we put right. them in the air fryer. And then I have an air fryer over here. Oh yeah, I like to fry it, but then I like it on bread with uh, maybe way too much mayonnaise and oh, well, a yeah. little bit of mustard. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can we can do that now. If I'm doing it for just us, yeah, it's slabs. Cook it up real fast, and yeah. then you, know, you never do it like a roast. For instance, you don't take the whole. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Put, a, put it on a spit. I mean, you could do that now. I don't have a rotisserie. Ours does. Oh, uh, uh, then he just needs to bring his. Yeah, you need to bring the, uh, the the air oven. And I want and video of that. Yeah. I'm do that. I'll tell Linda tomorrow. Well, we are we are going to be doing a cooking show. Yeah. With the guy I mentioned I like earlier, the creepy idea. Klaus guy. Yeah. So. 
Maybe we'll do it on there. See, I, I, it's going to be a cooking show just filled with double entendres. No, I like that. It was yeah. a friend of mine, yeah. New York Nick. He's on Facebook. Known him for years. He used to be a contributor on 96. Real big Trump supporter. But he's got a good sense of humor, and he does cooking. He's an Italian guy. And so I told him, I said, dude, you should do a cooking show that leans to the right. Big Trump supporting kind of show. Cooking and, and just wacky conversation about the president. Who knows? Fox News might pick So it. everything has bacon in it, then. Of course. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making a BLT with extra B. It's a BBBLT. Bacon, 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 he, lettuce, he, and tomato. Trump might end up tweeting about it. You know? That's right. That <laughs> would be going Actually, for. that would be very fun. Oh, yeah. His favorite show on yeah. Or even a, a segment of Fox and Friends. Yeah. A cooking segment. Guy who's very political. There's a huge market for that sort of thing. Entertainment that leans Absolutely. to the right. Because, like I said, most entertainment leans to the left. Mm-hmm. You could probably make a bit, of a, probably could. a bit of a buck on that. Yeah. Maybe we should uh, invite him over and uh, we can make a buck off of him. I'm looking to ride somebody's coattails to somewhere. <laughs> we can get him and Indiana together. Oh, yes. A friend of ours that does extra work. Well, it's not really extra because he's, he's a... Well, now he's, he's, he's got, we don't know what's going to happen. He's got right a featured now. background, I guess. Uh, he's one of the, he's one of, uh, one of the saviors on yeah, the saviors uh, walking, walking dead. Oh, okay. He doesn't need to screw Yeah. Oh, cool. And he does one on, on YouTube. He yeah. just put out a cookbook. Indiana's the name he goes by? It, well, that's his real that's name. Indiana Fuentes. Oh, you got Indiana and New York together. There you go. Yeah. See that? Yeah. Bridging that gap. Yeah. Except he's Mexican. Well, I don't hold that against no, him. You, no, I don't. <laughs> Actually, I don't because the man can cook like nobody's business. Yeah. So. He made uh, churros uh, not that long ago, and uh, it's you know he's got the whole thing. I'm like, I have to make churros because I have a deep fryer. <laughs> oh, I love so, good Mexican food. See, I have to have Indy come over, and yeah, absolutely, and then we'll just do a whole show with Indy here at the house. Let's do a whole co- no, we'll go over to Austin's. No, then we have to deal with the dog. I'm used to it. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool? Oh, you would have to deal with the dog <laughs> if I never went back to work. And all I really did was just go from people's podcasts. You know, like I guest are on this one. It's the first podcast I've ever been on, by the way. Oh, thank so you. you guys oh, got the exclusive. And then somebody hears this. Go, hey, you know, we wouldn't mind having Rude coming over to our house to do a podcast. And I just go from house to house there you know, go. doing podcasts. Well, not everybody does them in their house. Technically, this is studio A. As long as it's not too far. How are you with old horror movies? How much, should I, gyms? how much should I charge? Per. Uh, since uh, Ooh, you're not charging us, the more uh, well, no, you're the first. So the you more, get the, the, well, the, more basic rate. the more you get, the lower your rate's going to have to be. Uh, <laughs> well, got, the market's going to have to tolerate. Oh wait, I still got mortgage payments and you know, kids so, and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. So when you st- when you start out, you want to uh, middle of the road, and then you can well, give, me a, give me a number. What do you think's fair? Ten yeah. bucks. He's going to be like, uh oh, five dollars for gas. Sorry, I'm really cheap. No, no. Last name Greenstein. Five hundred bucks a shot, depending on how. Oh no, nobody can afford five hundred bucks. Actually, some of these shows. Well, the big shows, yeah, but I'm talking about you know. Oh, for these grassroots level. Oh, I don't know. Oh, grassroots, ten bucks. (laughs) Ten bucks and a spam sandwich. Possibly, (laughs) yeah. 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 All right. Bring your own water. All right. Just contact me through any of my uh, social media platforms, and I'll see. No, no. You're saying seventy-five bucks to start, and for the first hour, and then every additional hour is another thirty-five minutes. The thirty-five. Thirty-five. Thirty-five dollars. Yeah. How did an additional hour shrink down to thirty-five? Not too bad, actually. No, I think that would probably work. Okay. All right, 75 bucks an hour. Uh, you, you heard it here first. And then uh, contact me if you want me to come to your house. Yeah. I yeah. make house calls. Yeah. And it's an extra $10 surcharge if you're actually recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, are good. you guys should get a kickback on this. 
Sure. So five bucks per show. It's a hundred bucks oh. for him to go. We'll take twenty five of that. <laughs> no, it's, well, yeah, that'll work for me. All right, what other questions? Uh, that you've blown your wad. No, no, I have two others, but you kind of answered one, uh, but I'll ask it anyways. Okay. Um, what is or was your favorite city for broadcasting? And, of course, you don't have to feel obligated to say this city since you've been here forever. Um, to broadcast in or? You know, every yeah, city yeah. had its own unique kind of charm and, and draw to it. Like, for instance, I was in Fresno, California. Mm-hmm. And uh, Fresno's a joke if you if you live in California. If you ask any Californian about Fresno, it's like, oh, God, you know, armpit of the universe. But I had the best time in Fresno. Big fish, little pond. We got off the air at 10. I was working with uh, Radical Bradford at the time. Get off the air at 10. You could be in the Sierras skiing, you know, the whole afternoon. Get there by noon, ski until 5, and then get up the next day and do the whole thing again. You could be in San Francisco in about two and a half hours, or you could be in LA in about three hours. So it was just on a good day. Yeah, it was. It was just a perfect distance to everything that was sort of happening in California that wasn't happening in Fresno. So I had a really good time That's uh, there. Cool. And then you know, twenty-eight years here, nice long run. Were you in Fresno? Fresno was uh, eighty-eight to ni- uh, to ninety. It was just reminded me of that TV movie that Carol Burnett did. It was supposed to be like a takeoff on Falcon Crest, but it was Fresno. Yes. Oh. Yeah, he's a wealth of useless information. Of odd television yeah. shows and stuff. He actually has, uh, you, you have the Ethel Merman disco album, right? Yeah. 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 And Bobby Cox is from that area. It's that San Joaquin yeah, right. Valley yeah. That area. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a good time. But yeah. I had a great time here. I did seven years in uh, Jacksonville, mm-hmm. and I did uh, five years in Charlotte. So you spent most of your time on the Eastern Seaboard, yes. yeah? As a matter of fact, when we got fired, when I got fired in uh, Jacksonville, uh, Radical Bradford and I, he was from California too, and I sort of consider that my formative Wonderbread years growing up out there. And uh, we said, you know what? We want to get back to California. So we're kind of waiting for some sort of a California gig to open. But the one, the one thing I always said is the only way I would come back east or south was if Atlanta called. And as fate would have it, in that December of 89, they called. Oh, there you go. Yeah, out of the clear blue. What shift did you start with in Atlanta? Mornings. Yeah. Yeah, I've only known him for, for mornings. I don't know mm-hmm. how you do it. Yeah, it's, you know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't go to people, bed as late there, as him. There are other I'm people a, listening that might not know these and things. It's yeah. awful. Mm-hmm. Um, it it kind of ruins your life in a way. <laughs> well, because you're out of touch with the rest of the world. Uh, you're afraid you're going to miss something if you go to bed at, you know, nine o'clock. So right. I have to stay up. I, you know, I have 10, 1030. I'm, you know, okay, I, I got to go to bed because I got to get up at, you know, 3.30 or 4. But you're always tired. Um, I don't recommend it. I don't think it's healthy. Yeah, no. I uh, When I was in college, I did the overnight. I was the only one crazy enough to do 72 hours straight. Oh, yeah. Brutal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. On a college <laughs> radio station. So What uh, what college? Uh, University of Alabama. Oh, okay. Cool. And, uh, yeah, never do that. <laughs> yeah. Not I school. I wouldn't recommend it. 72 hours. Yeah. I got a two-hour nap, or I say one-hour nap here and one-hour nap there. But after a while, you're just boom, boom. Yeah. mellow yellow was my uh, go-to, and now I can't drink the stuff. Yeah. So yeah, if they're paying you handsomely to get up at that time of the day, that's yeah. a different story. Yeah. But even that, it's got to be easier. Just it's hard. To, it's hard. Just to do your shift, go home, go to bed that hour, sleep eight hours, get up and live your rest of your life just. As, but you're wound up off. after the show. You're kind of you got this yeah, kind of energy, yeah. and you need time to yeah. kind of shake that off a little bit. You know, yeah, unless you've been down in coffee, like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, and that that's when I would get in trouble. So get that little nervous edge kind of going. You know, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I got one more. All right. Who was your uh, role model in the radio world? In the radio world. Or anywhere, really. I mean. Well, my, my main role model would be my mom. Oh, very cool. Um, radio, from a radio standpoint, I mentioned Steve Dahl was somebody that uh, probably, I, I liked the combination of his personality, his sense of humor, his style. Um, so those, probably those two. Very cool. Very cool. That's nice. I'm good. I got my questions out. I had another one, but I can't remember it. I didn't write it down. Well, the next uh, segment, we could do it. If I can remember, yeah. yeah, yeah. Jot it down and we'll talk about so, it. Yeah. Who are a few of the people that you've worked with here mm. that, that you've enjoyed working with? We'll say the people you didn't enjoy for later. I enjoyed uh, <laughs> That'll be the next time. third incarnation of uh, The Root Awakening on 96 Rock, which would have been Beth. Beth Keppel, Beth Chesty Keppel, as we used to call her. Mm -hmm. Kevin Zeppelin, who was our traffic guy. Kevin Zeppelin. Uh, Jim Basile, traffic guy, and I'm still friends with him. He was the bass player, the bass player in Pale White Sausage. And Jeff Hollinger. I think that was the best combination of people that uh, we had on that show. Oh, very cool. You know why? It's about chemistry, and it's about laughing at the same jokes and enjoying each other's company. And when you have that chemistry between that room full of people, you've got a winning combination. Now, was, now, was Hollinger running back and forth between TV and radio at that time? Yes. Was he? I mean, was he doing mornings at that time on TV as well? I'll give you the I'll give you the quick story on that. When I first came to '96 uh, Rock in January of '90, Dan Patrick was sort of the the Dan one Patrick. guy that had been on the morning show that that offered that show some stability. They'd gone right. through a couple of different personnel changes, but you know, Dan was sort of the mainstay. And then when the whole ESPN thing happened, and they prohibited or forbid him from doing the local radio stuff that he was doing, we were kind of in a quandary because rock radio has always had a big sports kind of presence. Men like sports, men like women, men like cars, men like food. I mean, there's sort of, you know, those are the norms. So when Jeff left, we were like, oh no, what are we going to do now? Or when uh, uh, Dan Patrick left, what are we going to do now? So we had to interview a bunch of local sports people to come in. Steve Taylor from CBS 46 at the time came in. Stu Plytenic came in, uh, Van Earl White oh, wow. came in, uh, a couple of others, and Jeff Hollinger came in. And everybody said, oh, no, you don't want to hire Jeff. And then some people said, oh, it's Q scores or you know whatever that means, some kind of a TV thing. But Jeff and I, even though we're probably from you know opposite sides of the tracks, we had some kind of a rapport that was instant. And you know, I liked his kind of quirky sense of humor and hopefully he liked mine and it worked for for five years well he must have if you know pale white sausage came from him and the funny thing is we haven't really talked since once he left the show that was it the relationship died oh wow right then weirdest thing it is odd <laughs> well he'll hear this and hear how much you give him <laughs> no you know. I don't want give two shits about it <laughs> <laughs> or he would have reached out that's right <laughs> But he still lives here? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Maybe he could be one of our uh, listeners that we have. Jeff, we'd like to invite you in. Uh, there's a little piece we'd like to play for you right now. It's uh, rude talking about how the relationship fell apart <laughs> at the end of the show. And he, he seems to think yeah. that you only liked him because you had to because you were on the show with him. Yeah, there you go. Well, it happens in everybody's job, though. You have people that you get along with at work, and then they go off to another job. Yeah, but when you think you actually have a friend, be like you two guys. You stop the podcast, no, we never see each other again. 
No contact whatsoever. That's oh, it. Oh, yeah. If we stop the podcast, we never see each other again. We just text every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's one of the greatest so the whole relationship things. relationship built around the podcast. Oh, and actually, technically, it was created because of a 48-hour film uh, project. Mm-hmm. That's how I met him through another friend of ours, yeah. the guy he mentioned earlier, uh, Austin. We made Achieving Reality the movie, and that became its own monster, and now it's a podcast. Well, I'll tell you what. If this uh, sounds good, then I'll I'll drive people to it. Absolutely. Please. And if it doesn't, just pretend still, like it didn't happen. Please, like please still drive us to us. <laughs> <laughs> we want as many people to well, if you don't, like if you don't, dislike us as we want. If you don't, don't like it, direct them to uh, Jim Adams' podcast, Monster, <laughs> yeah, Monster yeah. Attack. Yeah, Monster Attack, yeah. But I know you're in a rush, yeah, so uh, we're going to let you go. You and I can chat at some point absolutely. about having you and come back need, in. Yeah, if you want me to come back, absolutely. I'm, I'm absolutely. With I'll 10 minutes from here. I would love it. Yeah, I'm yeah. very, very close. We like it when there's people on and the And you know what? This gives me a chance to get my podcast chops up. Yeah. Because I haven't worked in seven months. Weird. I'm, I'm pretty much the same. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're out of work too? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, no yeah, kidding. Yeah. Uh, mortgage payment still, rent still comes. Oh, uh, I have her. Yeah, me. Can I move in with you too? <laughs> sure. No, no, I need to be taken care of. <laughs> we have an extra room upstairs, but I don't know if we want to live in it. We have a guest room upstairs, you know. <laughs> I'm eating a lot of spam. <laughs> well, at least make it the low sodium ones. <laughs> yeah, it's low sodium. Because yeah. otherwise it's basically no, salt you know and meat. One yeah. of the best things about being unemployed, I've lost 20 pounds. I'm actually at my target weight. Oh, sweet. Now I just have to settle into it. That's you weird because I gain weight. Yeah, you start looking weird and stuff when you lose too much weight too quickly. You know how that looks? You look mm-hmm. like, uh, like a, you're on your deathbed, you know, that kind of thing. So I've got to kind of settle into this new weight. <laughs> yeah, I got her down to 145 one time and I was like, no, 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 Too no. much, too much. Yeah, yeah. People go, oh, you're looking good, you look good. And when it's like, are you okay? Yeah. 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 Wow, yeah. you look great. Then a week later, you're like, damn, what happened? You look like. Yeah, what he was talking about was that my dad was in the hospital, and I was down to 140, 145, and he just looked at me. And my dad, who's on the dad said the same Her dad is on his deathbed. You look terrible, baby. That's not good. When somebody dying says that to you, that's not good. That's why at that point I was like, you know, I guess I need to start eating again. It'd be like you and me telling somebody, you really need to work on your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, your podcast sucks. But you don't. You don't do. You're a movie lot. It's all wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Chris, Larry, yeah. Marissa, thank you for having well, me. Well, thank you for breaking me in on yeah, my very yeah, absolutely. first yeah, podcast. And honestly, if you have any questions about what we do, podcastio, uh, podcasting, yes, uh, podcastium. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, I, uh, you can always give us a ho- you okay. know, give me a holler. All right, I probably and will. If we don't know it, we'll get you to the person who does. Okay, exactly. yeah, because yeah, I got yeah. lots of questions, and I'm so hoping to have my own one. Music. Yeah. Do I? Cue music. Cue the band. Or, or cue clothes. Cue music. Cue music. <laughs> <laughs> Another Achieving Reality, the podcast, done and in the can. I hope you enjoyed listening to us interview Christopher Rude. He's a great personality here. We can't wait to have him on again and uh, have a more in-depth interview, plus a little more screwing around because the guy's got a great sense of humor. We hope you all really enjoyed it, and we'll tune in when we have it again. So for Chris, Christopher Rude, Brunson in parentheses, and myself, I'm Larry, and we'd all like to say, have a great weekend. See ya. Sorry.
I think that was a rim shot, Barney. Did you hear that? <laughs>We serve more sausages in one day than most beer gardens serve in one year. Plus, we have a huge selection of pale white sausage. Ooh. Klaus und Scruffy's beer garden und snack shop. The closest thing to being there. Come on down. Oh, that sounds bad. I don't want to do that part. That's a joke for Klaus, I think. Yeah.